This is Gutterball's Rewind. In each episode of Gutterball's Rewind, Brad and Adam discuss a single minute of their groundbreaking previous podcast, Gutterball's The Lebowski Deep Cast. To salute that podcast's greatest moments of truth, as well as give recognition to its broken promises. Please join us as we step over the threshold and into your memories. Nice one, nice, 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 nice. Beautiful, we're back. Uh, <laughs> After a long time, we're back and it was just perfectly in sync. It's a nice it's good. Sync. That's everything, including the kitchen sink this time, I would say. Yeah. Well, I'll, if you knew all the craziness I went through to set this up today. Oh, God. I mean, not so much, but I guess I started getting too uh, panicked at the last minute that there's like way too much echo in this room. You know, I don't hear it. But, you know, I think I, got, I sorted it out, but I, I took like... I found <laughs> a, a, a like a shower a shower curtain rod. Is Jeff Goldblum on the shower curtain? Oh, it's a no, just, just the, the rod. Just the rod. Okay, okay. but well, rod he, he can still be on the rod. It's yeah, no, it's just a plain silver shower curtain rod. That, that comports I, with his whole shtick, probably. I, I extended it out yep. as far as it could go, which is pretty pretty big. Still good. It's like I think taller than me that's and pretty fucking I tall put it on the 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 uh i put it between my desk and the wall so like as i'm sitting at my desk talking into my my, my microphone right there's like the wall in front of me i put the shower curtain there and then i just use that to kind of drape a comforter over it okay so it's not just then, like you didn't put like a vinyl <laughs> Right. right. That's very reflective. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't want that to be happening. Uh Uh-uh. And then, so the the comforter is kind of bunched up around the desk, and then kind of a triangular, loose triangular shape up toward that. And it's just enough to kind of like not bounce my voice back off there that it sounded... Actually, I was surprised. It sounded about 500 times better, just that little thing. Makes a huge difference. But then I discovered after I set this all up that I think I think my microphone was backwards this whole time. Yeah, that's a problem. It's you wouldn't. So then I you wouldn't be the first person that that had happened. (laughs) I I wouldn't be. (laughs) So so I I'm wondering if maybe the comforter thing wasn't even the issue. It was the microphone. So I, I, I was like, I, right now, I, like, I was like, it sounds acceptable. I'm not going to fuck with it. But I'm like, okay, after we're done some other day, I'm going to do an experiment with the microphone facing the right way. Do I even need the comforter? Well, here's what I'll say about that. Um, obviously, the microphone being pointed in the right direction is going to make the biggest difference on audio quality. Yeah, yeah it's critical. Critical, right? And that's going to be a, that's the 500% or whatever you described. That's the 500% return on that little investment that you made by turning the microphone around. After that, you get into like incremental improvements. Right. And I will still say that 
you know, if you have, if like you're sitting at your desk and you have a bare wall in front of you. Yeah. Putting a comforter there on a Jeff Goldblum shower curtain rod is going to incrementally improve your audio. You've seen my office. I have yeah. soundproof panels directly like in front of my, like I, my desk is against the wall mm -hmm. and I have yeah. soundproof panels right there in front of me. And then yeah. I have them splayed out around the room. Right. So yeah, I think I'm going to invest in those because this whole like shower curtain thing is a little janky. I'm waiting for it to topple over yeah. and take with it the cables of all the electronics on my desk. Like take all my portable hard drives just down to the ground, to smashing right. them open, you know, 20 years of digital photography gone in an instant. Right. And somehow the wires get like exponentially curled in upon themselves when that happens and you can never extricate them. And yeah, yeah, that could all happen at a moment. It could notice. happen at any moment. Yeah. It, it, that that's part of the thrill of this podcast is you don't know. We live right, right on the edge, man. People are listening to this podcast. You know, it's it, going to be maybe an hour, hour and a half long, two hours. Who knows? And during that time, you don't know if my entire life's work will be destroyed in a sudden crash. So it's kind of the excitement. You know, it's nothing without that. It's like you got to live on the edge. Exactly. That's that's where all the exactly. danger and excitement happens. Right there on the edge, yeah, right man. There. Right there. Right there. Right there. Like, I don't know if this AAA battery I have in my headphones is going to run out. Right. Then we're fucked. I might have to pee, you know? Yeah. Shit. I mean, it's not quite the same as like a sudden concussive blast of shower curtain falling. Well, and... Obliterating... Your life's work. My life's work. I mean, there's not a literal connection. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> I, I don't even know what I'm doing here. Do we even podcast, Roy? We we don't as of late, but, you know, we're back. We're back for another part of Gutterball Season 2. We had this grand design. Okay. We have to close out the Season 2 at least and before we get to Season 3. Maybe I had a grand design that we would close out Season 2 within this calendar year, which, again, I don't want to timestamp shit too much, but we've been yeah. terribly remiss. Yeah, probably not. Well, you know, a lot's been going on. I mean, uh, the remissness is all on me. Uh, I will take, I will t own that completely because I've just been having some life things going on here. I moved right, houses, right? And you know, that's just a whole big ordeal. And then it's like, okay, you know, I need to set up my my podcasting layer and. You know, due to the circumstances of things, like I was like, well, I'm going to need podcasting furniture. I'm going to need a whole new podcasting uh, layout here. You got to need I'm going to need Internet. That was the first stumbling block. Right. You can't just no have internet. a bare wire like coiled up outside your house with right. like, an end that's just been cut. Exactly. With, that's like, what I had. Wires poking. That's out what of I it. had for a good two or three months. <laughs> yeah. Hey, and it's interesting. I lived without internet. Well, I had internet. I shouldn't say without it. I had my phone, well, had your cellular phone. internet, and that shit works fucking great. And to be honest, at home, 95% of the time, I'm just on the goddamn phone anyway. So it was actually, I, I only barely noticed that we didn't have it. It was only when it came to like, 
watching prestige television. Right. And I was like, well, you know, but even that I was able to do here and there. Prestige television, by that you mean like reruns of Howdy Doody from 1960? Yeah, exactly. That that show had a strong ending. (laughs) I gotta say. Oh my God. The ending of Howdy Doody. I wish, I don't even know. Can, Can we even describe it adequately? No. I'm. Why are we here if we don't at least try? I mean, it's horrible. I want to try to bring this up. Um, maybe I'll try to do a blow by blow here. All right. I, I mean, I you have really to give me some fucking credit for actually sitting through that. <laughs> that is true. You know, I wasn't even thinking about that. Well, because there is a the howdy doody character is the whole That's, marionette guy, mm, which isn't great for you. I know the blinking eyes. Yeah. Oh God. But like, but the I mean the key principle here is really Clarabelle the clown. Oh. Which again, not being totally familiar with Howdy Doody, like I'm aware of the concept vaguely. Me you know, too. I knew, That's I it. I knew the I knew the doll. Sure. Like the mannequin, the marionette Howdy Doody, but I, I guess I don't know all the cast of characters. See, is that a marionette though? Because I didn't see strings coming down from the I top. I think the television is so like low res. You they just you don't just don't track. see it. Okay, maybe I think it has to be. I'm okay. I'm looking at it now. I'm looking at it Muppets, move. I'm waiting to see some more movement. Muppets, Muppets are, have the little sticks on their yeah, hands. Yeah, Muppets are bottom up, and you're saying Howdy Doody yeah. is top down. Well, to be honest, I'm looking to try. Well, I think that was the innovation of the Muppets. It was a part Muppet, part marionette, hence Muppet. Oh, boy. No wonder I had such strange feelings watching the Muppets. Yeah, it was up. an unholy union. Wow. It was unnatural. And so I think, so I'm guessing that, I don't know, if this wouldn't have been using Muppet technology. No, this is pre-Muppet. Yeah, yeah, and watching it now, I mean, yeah, there's just no strings visible. Is that really so what, I, what Muppet is? Half marionette, half puppet? You know, I don't or know. Or did you just, just make that up? <laughs> I just kind of made it up. That's It checks out to me. But I think it could be true. Fuck. Oh, God, the worst of two worlds. (laughs) You know, everybody always gets on my ass about like, oh, Adam doesn't like clowns. I'm like, shut the fuck up. I don't really give a fuck about clowns any more than like a regular person is uncomfortable with clowns. Clowns aren't great. You know, it's some weird dude that puts makeup on and goes cavorting around with children. That should make anyone uncomfortable. But it's not like I have this like visceral reaction to fucking clowns. They're just generally bad, fine. But right. They don't terrify me. Now, puppets, marionettes, ventriloquist dummies, that strikes right to the core of me. But I don't give a shit about clowns. However, Clarabelle the Clown, there's a lot going on there. Yes. Yes. So I did not expect going into this. for One, I didn't realize Clarabelle was going to be just a full-on human in makeup. Yeah, right. That's And then I was confused because Clarabelle, does maybe not... I'm just wrong. It's like a woman's name. 
That is a woman's name. But it doesn't. This clown does not appear to be a woman. It is definitely not a woman. So maybe there's some Clarabelle involved. I don't know. Yeah, it's a little confusing. And what made it stranger? Thank you for so, saying so, that because that's right where the like confusion starts. Well, it gets more confusing because so I'm watching this and I'm like, and again, it's like low quality 1960s live TV video feed type footage, right? Barely 1960s. It's 1960. Yeah, 1960. It's a 50s television show. Well, it was on for 13 years. So this was the last episode that aired. uh, Was this today? September? I don't know. You don't want the dates. Yeah, yeah. So it was on this day in 1960, the final episode of Howdy Doody. Right. So they lived their their television life mostly throughout the 50s, a little bit in the fucking 40s. 40s. 1947, this show started. Which might as well be the 1700s. It might as well be like pre-television. Like, I guess it was like some of the most like... When did television even start broadcasting? Like, when did... It had to be the 40s. I should know this shit because I took courses in it, but... I mean, yeah, I, I think it definitely was the 40s, but, like, I mean, this must have be... It's early um, on. It's very early on, yeah. Um, and this is what passed for entertainment. <laughs> Jesus, fuck. But, yeah, but, you, you're giving but, me a blow-by-blow. Yeah, yeah. blow. I, I can't wait. Yes. Please so, describe my nightmares. So, so, you know, we have the the main character in this show, the human... That kind of ties the whole thing together. Don't know his name because I don't know the Howdy Doody lore. You would assume it would be Howdy Doody, but no. Howdy Doody is the... The puppet. The, the marionette. It's a word. We've decided it on that. It's a marionette. I'm just going to go with marionette. All right, fine. It's a marionette. Accuracy yes. be damned, but I All feel right. confident in that. All right, good enough. Confident in my assumption. So the marionette is Howdy Doody. Well, it's like a cowboy... Boy, you could rule the world with that kind of confidence. You need confidence. (laughs) The uh, cowboy man, human, is saying goodbye. Like, oh, well, you know, it's their last episode. Kids, we're closing the curtain. See you all later. It's been fun. Blah, blah, blah. Even just right there. Howdy doody. Even just right there, like, it strikes this weird dissonant chord where children tune in to like have some comfort after school or something and they're tuning in and it's like hey let's inject some sadness directly into your veins the thing that you've known your entire childhood is now going away and we're really going to lean into that so there's a lot going on here Yes, yes, there is. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm just hey. laughing because it's like on my screen, freeze framed, and it's horrible. Yeah, it's horrible. Sesame Street. <laughs> hey, kids, Sesame Street. Sorry, the suits shut us down. We're all going to go die now or something. You know what I yes. mean? Like, fuck. Time to put Oscar the Grouch in a cardboard box <laughs> in the shelf. And he'll never come out again. He's going to get a little shot and he will go to sleep. He will be comfortable now. (laughs) Fuck. But, uh, yeah, so. Describe the freeze frame that's on your screen Well, I want to get to that. Okay. Because it involves this Clarabelle more. But, yes, in essence, they're saying their goodbyes. There's some other character 
who I forget who the hell he is. He kind of, again, he looks kind of like a bizarre hobo derelict. Maybe he's supposed to be like a train car operator, but he's wearing this like weird flannel shirt. He just seems very hobo-esque to me. Anyway, he's like... He does. I guarantee you he was born to walk alone in any case. Yes, for sure. And uh, then we get get, uh, something... Something else. Um, so then we get uh, Clarabelle the Clown, oh, who's going to say goodbye. Clarabelle and again, the I'm clown. confused about Clarabelle, because I'm like, wait, isn't Clarabelle the Clown? Wouldn't that be a female clown? But I guess not. Stop being you so know, gender the, the, normative, Brad. I was going to say, the parlance of the times, I don't know. Maybe Clarabelle is like a classic clown, clown name? name dating back to the renaissance or something and i'm just like ignorant of it right i'm gonna say in the 1960s they were pretty straight and narrow with the gender roles and gender norms so like like today you know i get it like i'm trying to look at it at the time right you know maybe clarabelle is a, a, a groundbreaker trendsetter broke a lot of barriers at the time for um you know maybe transgender or gender non-conforming clowns and and that's great maybe uh, we're not giving blonde. howdy duty it's yes. it's duty and, and i'm being sincere when i say that i don't I think too. i'm being like sarcastic like some kind of weird like one of these dudes that's all like oh what's your pronouns like no like seriously let's yes pronouns we, we want to know the right pronouns i think that's all good stuff right but in 1960 that shit wasn't yes. a thing yet so howdy doody so, perhaps was incredibly progressive yes maybe so i'm like clarabelle the clown oh this is a guy it's not a, a, a woman clown but the main cowboy guy as he's talking to clarabelle because he's just like oh clarabelle wait what oh you have a surprise for us yes and the whole time he's talking he's pawing at the chest of Clarabelle the Clown. Yeah, hitting More or less palming where the breasts would be if this was a woman. Yeah. And granted, it's a loose-fitting clothes, so there could even be some, some, some breasts under there. I don't know. But he's, like, palming where they would be repeatedly. Like, massaging the clown's chest as he's talking. Well, he's not massaging. That's a little bit too far. Well, he's, like, patting it. And then, like, as the hand comes back, there's kind of like a massage, like a, like the fingertips close in as the hand moves away. All right, you're missing it's, it's something a, here. You you have not provided some critical context. <laughs> Maybe I haven't. Clarabelle the Clown in this show, Howdy Doody, yes. Yes. doesn't speak. Right. When Clarabelle the Clown tries to speak, it comes out as little, like, bicycle horn noises. Ha, ha, ha. Right. Honk, honk. Ha, ha, Yeah. Honk. Well, well uh, she, she, he or he she. He or she. <laughs> see, this is where we need pronouns. Well, Clarabelle the Clown, what are your pronouns? Does Cowboy Man ever use a pronoun when referring to Clarabelle? I don't think so. Well, all, all we all in the uh, second person. It's all you, I think. Because okay. he is addressing Clarabelle the entire time. And yeah, Clarabelle has a weird like box kind of slung around the shoulder or on the belt. There's like a big box with a little, like there's like a horn. But it's like a giant box. It's like a boombox sized thing. So I'm not sure what's really even going on there. 
Again, I mentioned like the Renaissance era clown. I don't think it reminds me of that. Like, were there boom boxes in nineteen sixty? Like, no, they're not. I'm just, I'm just saying that's the size of it. I'm not claiming that it is a boom box, but. So that's your frame of reference for the size of that box <laughs> yes. is a boom yes. box. <laughs> well, yeah. Run DMC called. They want their reference. Back. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm showing my age. Oh my god, a boom box. What'd you call it? A ghetto blaster. Remember sure. that was in the James Bond movie. So no, a, a I don't. View to a kill or something. They reference the ghetto blaster. Yeah, ghetto blasters. So like referring to a boombox like thing. Yeah, but like it a wasn't toy. the secret code name. No, it was like a toy that James Bond would use, but it like exploded or some shit. We uh, call it the ghetto blaster. The get- he, Okay, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. I think of uh, Star Trek Four. There was the guy, the punk on the bus. Oh yeah, playing Which, his music, and Spock yes. gives him the neck pinch. Which I thought that song, the lyrics to that song were, let's get buff. <laughs> let's get buff. Instead of Blitzkrieg Bop, I thought, let's get buff. Oh, that's not the song from that. Ep- from that. Oh, well. But let's get Blitzkrieg Bop, let's get buff. I could see it. Yeah, let's get buff. Get buff. Yeah, what was he playing it's, there? It's a, classic, it's a classic jock jam. It's a classic gym jam, you know? A gym? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Arnie yeah. is there mm-hmm, pumping mm-hmm, iron. Mm-hmm. Let's get buff. Let's get buff. Let's get buff. Wait, what song was the punk man playing? So the Star punk Trek man, Horror? I know too much about this, man. Well, of course you do. There. But the, I want to hear it. The song. Now, I'm going to say a bunch of stuff, and so, later on, we can Google and find out I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure this who is... Who gives the, a fuck? Is, the song is... the So the guy... That plays the punk. He was actually working on the movie. I want to say he was the, one of the producers of the movie. Classic. And that band was actually like his punk band. <clears throat> That's just like, you know, it's not really known. It's like his little, you know, he has like a punk band on the side for fun. And it's that a, was actually his punk band. It's an Easter egg. Playing there. Yeah, it's a little Easter egg. It's like an Easter egg like for him and his friends, right? You know? No, that's like, great. Look, I put the song in the movie. There it is. That's yeah. awesome. That's like Bob showing up in the mirror in the pilot. Yeah, there yeah, you go. We'll embrace exactly. it. Yep. So, but, but that's got but nothing on what, Clarabelle. So the song is nothing. Then it's just the his song. It's thing. no song that I think you can get anywhere. Is of any band that is known. Right. Yeah. All right, and then Spock puts him to sleep, and everybody's happy, and they applaud. Happy, because, oh, that obnoxious punk right. guy right. blasting his music. You stopped it. The Republican dream of the world has come to fruition. Everybody Yeah, that's clapped. when I start realizing, like, the colonial undertones of Star Trek, and yes. I start to get uncomfortable. Please clap. <laughs> All right, anyway, well, Clarabelle. So Clarabelle comes on, honking the horns. Yeah, so instead of talking, like, kind of moves the mouth in kind of a gross motor sense, if that makes any sense. Just like, kind of like pawing at the air with his lips, like a, like maybe like someone who's had a, a stroke recently. And when he does that, he honks a horn on this little 
hurdy-gurdy boombox around his shoulder. So wait, wait, whoa, 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 back up. <laughs> yes. So you're telling me, because I thought the honking sounds were non-diegetic, but you're telling me that Clarabelle was creating those sounds with yeah. a horn device? Yes. Separate, separate from her now? We've her decided on hand. her? Yeah, well, I'm just going to go Clarabelle's back and forth. Now Clarabelle's Okay. I'm going to just jump around. You I've should decided. choose one, I think. No, I think it's okay to jump around. I, that way I cover all my bases. Or just say Clarabelle. Yeah, Clarabelle. Clarabelle's left hand is, is on like the squeezer of the horn. And that's, and that's supposed to be mildly... Actually, I take it back. It's the right hand. No, no, it's the left hand. Mildly in sync with the stroke movements of Clarabelle's mouth. Yes. Like Clarabelle controls the mouth and Clarabelle controls the honk. It's all Clarabelle. So we've had 13 years of this as like studious howdy doody viewers since like from 1947 to 1960, Clarabelle, we assume is a regular fixture on the show and mm-hmm. it's kind of like a Mr. Ed scenario, but even more fucked up where only one person or it's like Chewbacca speaking to Han and like Han understands when Chewbacca goes. Yes. I think, I think it's very much like that. Huh? But Clarabelle's making the sounds with Clarabelle's own box horn thing strapped around her neck. Like, uh, um, who's the one that wore the, timepiece around their neck right um flavor flav yeah flav it's kind of like a flav situation like a clowny 1950s 60s flav situation but where flav used the clock to communicate exclusively yes okay i think i'm on board <clears throat> please continue all right um so clarabelle is is honking away and it's already kind of weird. <laughs> he, this guy's pawing at the chest. Everyone is very tight. It's like they have a very long lens and everyone just has to crowd into the frame. But yes. I do want to get back to this pawing that you're referring to before yeah. you go too far. Right. But I'm not sure when I should intervene. I guess I already Sure, did. let's intervene now. Intervene now. Okay. Let's do it. Okay, the pawing, right? This is yeah. the last episode. So w- now we only watched like what 2 minutes of this show. How long was this show? Last episode of Howdy Doody. An hour? I have no idea. It had to be half an hour or an hour, right? I would imagine so. All right. So this is we're watching yeah, 30 it was tradition so from 1947 to 1948 it was 60 minutes. But it was 30 minutes from 1948 to 1960. So assuming this wasn't a special long episode, or if there were any like that, I don't know. I'm going to assume it was a 30-minute episode, yes. All right. In any case, the the same logic will apply because we've only seen, what, the last minute 50 seconds, two minutes of this show? Yeah, one minute 40 seconds. Right, so we can assume relatively safely that this show was dedicated to goodbye friends that kind of shit right right all right and then you have clarabelle the clown 
I would be interested to know if Clarabelle the Clown showed up earlier in the episode or not. But Clarabelle the Clown is an important enough character to this show that this is the last thing we see. Yeah, Clarabelle is apparently um, big in this show. So we've had 13 years. Like, like, like a, a premier character. Right, so 13 years of Clarabelle showing up over and over again. Mm-hmm. Now imagine having yeah. a job for 13 years. I know that's something well, it, you can Clarabelle was played by three different people. All right, whatever. It's still a pretty steady gig. Yeah. Well, the last guy, the person uh, that played it, um, Lou Anderson, he he played Clarabelle from 1954 on. So a bulk of the series. Right, bulk of the series. Oh, yeah, that wasn't a bulk of the series, actually. But whatever. Well, yeah. If, a lot of it. Sure, if he's six years and then there's only seven years prior there's to 13 that. years. Yeah. Split between two. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say he's that's He's definitely the, the longest. He had the longest run as Clarabelle, for sure. Yeah. At least a plurality, probably a majority. But anyway. All right. So Clarabelle shows up now in the last two minutes of the last episode, like the last moment of the last day. What's his name? I wish we had a name for him. Cowboy Man. Right. He's he's padding the breast area of Clarabelle. Yes. But I think that he understands that Clarabelle, sensing the momentous occasion, is ready to say some words. So, yes. So, well, so it has his, a surprise. So his pats are, like, trying to, like... Not force out, but encourage out the words. Like, I, I I know, Clarabelle, that you have words that you're ready to say. I'm helping you here. I'm, I'm giving you some physical contact. Come on, you can do it. You know, it's like, come on, come back when somebody's trying to give CPR and they're just, like, punching right. the person's chest. It's like, you can do it. I, I know your words are right underneath the surface and they're ready to come out. That's what I took from Cowboy Man's, like, padding breast area. And I didn't really, like, get the whole, like, he's touching the breast area. Well, thing. I guess, I it, for me, it was something only because I was so, like, for about, you know, again, because of the name and the gender issue, I was just kind of like, wait, could that be a female clown? I don't think so. Like, if it was a female clown, I don't think it would have, like, the bald head and stuff. You know what I mean? The, yeah, but there's again, nothing to indicate that, that at all. Yeah. Yeah, but I was, but so, Except so the while name. I was spending, <laughs> yeah, so while I was spending maybe three seconds being like, okay, that's a guy, right? It's not Clarabelle the Clown isn't a woman. This guy just starts going in on the breasts, like, mm, 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 oh, 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 Clarabelle, oh, what is it, Clarabelle? What like he punctuates every syllable with pressing his hands into the chest flesh of this person. Yeah. Practically kneading it with every syllable. See, I didn't think there was kneading. It's a little bit of kneading. It's not always sometimes it's just it's, touching, poking. It's patting. Patting. He's, he's patting. There's a little bit of need to some of the pats, without a doubt. You there's kneading? There's like a little like, bit of kneading. Like the fingers scrunch together? Yeah. Really? A little bit. See, I didn't pick up on that. A little bit. 
little bit of it's kneading. There. Okay. I mean, that's man, that's weird. Then I guess if there's kneading. So he's he's making some biscuits on Clarabelle's chest. Yeah. Huh. Well. Yeah. That's a clown so of a different color. Like, What's what? What is it, Clarabelle? See, you can't see it, but with each word I'm saying, I'm making a kneading motion with my hands. What is it, Cla- What you have a surprise? Well, tell us quickly. We're almost out of time. Yes. What is it? I can't Wait, see what? that. Thank you, you, you. Wait, you can talk. You can. You can talk. Well, we'll say. It. Do it. It's almost out of time. Say your words. Go on. Do it. Talk. So that's what's happening. Oh my golly, I don't believe it. This is your last chance. If you can talk, prove it. Say something. Now again, now this is where it gets very weird. Clarabelle, the camera starts, I'm going to say zoom. I don't know. It's zooming. Zooming in onto Clarabelle's face. There's kind of a weird drum roll. That really with this just kind of sounds like a kind of like, to me, again, it's kind of like a low frequency, ominous sound almost. Clarabelle starts moving his lips. It reminds me very much in Blue Velvet. Oh. When Jeffrey goes to visit his dad who had the aneurysm stroke, whatever happened. They never really say exactly what it was. You went there, didn't you? I this opens up a whole new can of worms, doesn't it? Yeah, maybe I should have left that for later. But mm-hmm. way to bury I, the I, lead. I, I guess I'm trying to get express what this looks like. So if you've seen Blue Velvet, there's the scene where Jeffrey goes to visit his father, and his father can't really talk, and is just trying to like communicate, and his lips are just kind of like quivering, flapping together, and it's very disturbing. That is what Clarabelle looks like. Like, Clarabelle is wide-eyed. The eyes are so wide. The lips are flapping together. And then... Now, we're, we're pushing in on, like, an extreme close-up of Clarabelle's yes. face at this point. Yes. The lips are going. The low rumbling sound is there. It stops for a minute. Clarabelle's eyes are wide. You're kind of, like, zoomed in. You know, he has that large, exaggerated nose. The clown mouth painted... It's all there. And then Clarabelle simply whispers, Goodbye, kids. <laughs> Cut to black. Cut to black. <laughs> Welcome it's to done. Oblivion, children. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's really disturbing. Like like the Clarabelle makeup, the the way it's they not zoom in, the good sound. Either the makeup isn't good. No. Well, it was good enough for 1960s television. Again, there wasn't a whole lot of detail. 2001, A Space Oddity. Oddity? Odyssey. That's like a whole other thing. That's a whole different thing. But that came out eight years after this aired. How does... So let's just put it in some context here. How is this in color? I. They had color in 1960? Maybe they did. Well, yeah, they had color in 1960. I thought everything was just black and white. When did you think color happened? I don't know. Maybe like 1965. There was the first vestiges of color. I think color maybe happened. Some like, maybe grass started to get a little green. 
All right, I'm going to say color began happened. A, began a little purple. Yes, yes, yes. Sky grass. I'm going to say color started happening. Little vestiges of color in 1955. I mean, I'm not saying that the technology couldn't have existed. Maybe like in some kind of like theoretical. I hear you tip tapping away. So why don't you research it and see who's right or wrong or how wrong we both are. But I'm going to say sometime in the mid to late 50s, there's color. Well. I know we've all seen Back to the Future, and now we can watch Jackie Gleason while we eat, and that was in black and white, but that doesn't mean that was the cutting-edge technology. Right. Usually people are five to well, eight years behind. I guess I'm just surprised that this would have the cutting-edge technology, but yeah. Hey, last episode of Howdy Duty. That's what our parents grew up with a lot. That's true. So, it's big uh, shit. So... NBC made its first field test of color television on February 20th, 1941. 40-fucking-one? That was just a field test, though. Wait, November what? 1941. November February what? 20th, February 20th, 1941. All right, then Pearl Harbor happened, and we had to, like, you know, scale back the TV right. advances and divert all our resources to... Other shit. Yeah. In in late 1953, the FCC adopted the RCA compatible system, commonly referred to as the NTSC system. The first color television sets for this system were sold in 1954. There you go. See, what they, did I say? 55. Yep. They used a 15-inch screen. Not bad. Not bad at all. Yeah, but, so Howdy Doody, in many ways was a very progressive show with the uh, you know gender stuff adopting color you know they were on yeah. the bleeding edge there apparently they were there's a lot there more go. going on you know this was just like a weird clown thing when it started but there's a lot more going on there well shit so elephant in the room david lynch was born in 1944 yeah. So he grew up with this shit. Yeah, I, I I instantly saw it. Well, I think the lip quivering totally took me back to Blue Velvet, but it, but even beyond that, the entire thing, I was like, this is this belongs in a David Lynch movie. This cannot be a children's program. But yeah, he I see it now. I I see his work in a completely new light, knowing that he grew up watching this. Right. That took me to like the rabbits quote-unquote sitcom too right mm-hmm. from whatever the fuck Mulholland Drive I guess um and I kept you know I kept waiting for rabbits to devolve into something like grotesque and horrible but like the the grotesqueness was just right there on the surf just right out in front like here no here it is there's nothing extra that's going to happen. It's just a sitcom of a bunch of humanoid rabbits sitting around in a home. Right. That's it. That's enough, though. And it's enough because you take the mundane and, God damn it, if you focus on the mundane for too long, it will become horrifying. So I have more intelligence now on Clarabelle's weird boombox. <laughs> Please 
ghetto blaster. Apparently, there was a squeaker on the right side and one on the left side. And one side meant yes and the other side meant no. I'm just going to assume one side maybe made a different type of sound. But I'm I'm seeing like a a, a like a, a publicity photo of Clarabelle right now with that thing and it's and the and the thing strapped around the shoulder neck area it says in big letters Clarabelle and then it says yes like the like there's an arrow pointing to like the one thing on the one side says yes and the on the other side says no and I also think they're not like bicycle horns I think they're little bells that ring. All right. I mean, I'm... maybe that's why it's Clarabelle because the clarity, these bells provide clarity in this clown's intention with different tones. Like maybe they're a different pitch yes. or something. This, this clown can say yes or no. Yeah. But it could have been like Clara, Clara bill. Like if you wanted to avoid all the, mm-hmm. You know, or just made them little squeaky horns, which is what I first thought they were. Clara horn. Gender confusion. But I mean, is Clara really the problem? Is Belle the problem? I don't know. It's all of it together. Yeah, it's not it's that a, any of it's a problem. It's not a see, problem. See, there I go with my problematic language. We're again, just but. trying to suss out what was going on in 1960, many years before we were born. That's yeah. all. It's completely inscrutable to us. Completely. Even though it's just 15 years before I was born, and, like, really, that's as far away, like, that's like someone being born today trying to figure out 2004, like, it's some fucking mystery. Right, like, the Stone Ages. (laughs) Like, my daughter, it would be like her, she was born in 2002, it would be like her trying to figure out the movie, like, Predator, or even Back to the Future. Because it exists... Well, Back to the Future is not fair because it does involve time travel, so it goes even further back. But, like, yeah, Predator or something. Like, what the fuck is this? Or, like, uh, I I don't fucking know. Um, War of the Roses or whatever the fuck. It's like, what is this? Yeah. (laughs) Is this 1712 in England? (laughs) Like... (laughs) You know? Well, I think that is where the War of the Roses originally never saw it. <laughs> was no, I'm talking about the literal War of the Roses. Uh, is wait, is that a thing separate from the movie, The War of the Roses? Wasn't did yeah. the War of the Roses star? Old it was a stuff? movie with wait, Danny wait. DeVito. Yeah, and uh, Michael Douglas, right? Yeah, and Kathleen yeah. Turner. Never saw it. Yeah. But the war of the but the war of the roses that was just a clever title because the actual war of the roses were a series of English civil wars for control of the throne of England fought between supporters of two rival cadet branches of the royal house of Plantagenet the house of Lancaster associated with the red rose of Lancaster and the house of York whose symbol was the right white rose of York. All right, I would like to put a moratorium on you looking up Wikipedia articles <laughs> right now. And I, I accept that. Okay. You, that's very good. Yeah, that's very good. So I do have one note here because yes. I remember back in like April or March or, again, don't want to timestamp it, let's say six months ago, I wrote one note oh boy. <laughs> in, okay. in like, okay, we're going to 
be doing this every week. We're really yeah, going to... This is what we're going to talk about next episode. We got to revisit. Okay, right, yeah, right. sure. Well, it's not a revisit. It's just a thing we were going to talk a about. Thing. Yeah, yeah, a thing left in the hopper. We're not okay. going to leave our fans in the lurch. We're going to do this. We're going to be on our game. We didn't do that. So I have no idea what this means, but I'm just going to read it to you. All right. Ready? I'm ready. Lay it <laughs> on me. Okay. <clears throat> Ask Brad about his Jean Rambeau screenplay story. Oh, okay. Okay. I know what that's about. You you have something. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. Well, I sent you a photo of it. I might have it right here. I know I don't. Um So again, I was moving, right? And in cleaning out my basement, I found a screenplay for the movie Rambo. Which Rambo? I don't remember now. That's kind of a bummer. It's either Rambo 2 or Rambo 3. I don't know what Rambo 2 or Rambo 3 means. It's Yeah, I know. It's confusing. Is Rambo 2 I mean the Rambo... second Rambo movie or the third Rambo movie. I know. I know that's what you're saying, but... Is First Blood the first Rambo movie? Yes. So the... The second one is First Blood Part 2. So Rambo 1 is the second Rambo movie? I still don't have it clear on this. Technically. But what are you talking about? I'm talking about, in all the movies about Jean Rambo... Uh-huh. The first one being First Blood. The first one being First Blood. Okay, okay. I'm talking about either the second movie about Jean Rambo, which is called Rambo. Rambo, First Blood Part 2. Part 2. Or the third movie which about Jean Rambo. Rambo which is 3. Called Rambo 3. Okay, yes. okay. So you found one of these... Scre- There's a screenplay. And again, it's one of these like... Did you write this screenplay? No, it was a screenplay. It's like the kind of screenplay they have on the set. Why? You know, kind why of like is it photocopied with the weird like rivety things holding it together on the side? Right. Well, but why is Sly Stallone French in this screenplay? Well, he's not. You, you. I don't know why you said Jean Rambo, but I just was going with it. I mean, Rambo is kind of like like Rambo. Did I feel like we might have talked about this? In a previous episode. Or maybe just you and I talked about it. Sorry, we're just going to talk about it again, <laughs> listener, if you already heard it. Rambo. <laughs> like, it's such a meaty name. Or maybe it's just taken on that from, uh, you know, for, because of the character. But it's Rambo. It sounds like, I don't know, like... Well, it's got the name Maybe of it makes a... me think of Alpo. I don't know. But, it's like, again, like... But no, just hey, like, hey, hey. It's tough. got the name of an animal at the, as the first part... And right. the name of a weapon as the second part, as yeah. if you're going to use the bow to shoot the ram and then eat it. Or you're going to ram a bow. Like, you know, I'm not going to bother shooting at you with this bow. I'm just going to ram it, ram it up your fucking ass. Yes. America. Yeah. Rambo. But really, like, I mean, it's an actual honest to God, like name. What? Ram- Rambo? Yeah, there's people that have that name with a with an E A U at the end. Well, I think in a, there's some with the B O and there's some with the. E. I'm just going to imagine 
that it's actually just a bastardization of a French name, Rambo. You're saying if I went to the phone book that I have upstairs, <laughs> um, I could look up the last name R-A-M-B-O and somebody would have that and they would have it not because of the movie, but just as an actual name? Uh, yes. Well, I just became depressed. Why is that? Because that's not a good name. Well, again, it's a ba- I think it's a bastardization of R-A-M-B-E-A-U or B-E-A-U-X. Oh, there should be an X there. There could be an X. Maybe not. I don't know. Well, Rambo, I'm, as I'm just saying this, I'm realizing if, if you're a fan of Marvel comics or Marvel movies, there's a character in there, Monica Rambeau. Yeah, but that's... R-A-M-B-E-A-U. That's fiction, and it came it's out after fiction, John true. Rambo. Well, I'm not sure about that. You don't, the movie certainly did. You don't think the, the X-Men the movie came book. out after the movie first blood? I don't know about when it was in the comics is what I'm saying. I'd have to look that shit up. Listen, Twinkle Fingers, you can look it up right now. But... Well, I'm putting a moratorium on that. But anyway, yes. well, I Jean that. Rambeau. So the French name aside, I guess the the point is, I'm not entirely sure how in the notes it became instead of John Rambeau, Jean Rambeau. But the point is, you know, again, in America, there's this like, you know, idea that, oh, to make something sound kind of like uh, wimpy, you, it's French, right? Right. Which I think is very unfair. Yes. But... You know, so again, we have like America Rambo, but it's a French name. It's Rambo, Jean Rambo. Like imagine if it was Jean Rambo versus John Rambo. It's just interesting. Oh, John Rambo yeah, would beat the shit out of Jean Rambo for sure. He would blow well, him up with his we RPG. Would think he would. That's what's in our brain because we've been raised in america with these stereotypes he would, i think in reality he would have a flaming stick of dynamite on his bow and arrow and he would shoot it at the wimpy frenchman and the wimpy frenchman would explode just like the um duke boys used to do it's kind of like when duke kit used boys his lasers used to explode no the duke boys used to shoot sticks of dynamite from their bow and arrows Oh, right. And it's like, why don't you always use that solution? Kind of like Kit. Like, Kit, you have lasers on the front of your car. Right. You can solve any problem just by, like, laser exploding any foe. Just do that. And it's like, nope. I guess we forgot that Kit has lasers. Kit was doing a lot of detective work, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean when there's an actual conflict that might result in Kit's destruction, it's like there's a very easy solution. Oh, you just brought back some bad memories. Laser laser destroy them right now. What bad memories? Well, you know how I don't like uh, robots getting hurt. Oh, you. When you said something was threatened, I remember. I can't remember. I don't remember any details, but there's definitely an episode where Kit gets fucked up really bad. Like, Kit gets smashed apart and everything. Yeah. And it's just bad. Hard to look at. Hard to look at. His his little back and forth light probably (laughs) slows down a lot. Yeah. It's like. Whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa. Daisy. 
<laughs> yeah, shit. Sorry, man. Damn you. They put him back together, though. Yeah, they did. Better than ever. He's okay. I mean, he's probably a little different. He's got that trauma now in his history, so he'll never be quite yeah. the same. But, you know. One day, not today, but you may add to your notes, we can do a deep dive on, on Kit's brother, <laughs> Carr. C-A-R-R. Or was it K-A-R-R? I forget. That can't be true. No, you don't know that? No, I don't. Yeah, there was an evil kit. I know there's an evil Michael Knight. What's Garth Knight or whatever, but... Yeah, Garth Knight's different. No, yeah, it was Carr. K-A-R-R. Oh, my God. Knight Automated Roving Robot. Apparently it stood for. I did not know that. I, I'm back Googling shit. Sorry. God damn it, Brad. Yeah. It's the name of a fictional automated prototype vehicle featured as a major antagonist of Kit. I mean, that had to be well on in the uh, Knight Rider legacy there. Voiced by Peter Cullen. I don't know who that is. That is... Um, yeah, I don't know who it is either. I thought it was someone else. <laughs> Peter Cullen. You said Peter it Cullen, like, Peter holy Cullen, shit, this guy. Peter, Peter Cullen did uh, Optimus Prime's voice. Okay. But you didn't know that offhand. I mean, I think I did. I, I got him confused with... Okay. Um, okay, Brad. With, I got him confused. For some reason, <laughs> I thought when I heard Peter... I saw the name Peter Cullen... I actually had I was thinking too much information Peter, about Peter. Peter Colin. I just couldn't figure out which it was. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I was thinking about I was thinking it was Peter Cushing, Grand Moff Tarkin himself. Oh, thank you for explaining that to me. Which I would say Peter Cushing Because I am stupid. <laughs> would be an awesome fucking voice for Carr, don't you yes, think? Yes, he would. Yes, but he instead would. instead, we have Peter Cullen. But I kind of want to go back and check this out now because, like, how much did Carr sound like Optimus Prime? That's pretty cool. I don't think that's cool to corrupt Optimus Prime like that, actually. I don't like him playing a villain. I feel like Carr would have predated Optimus Prime. It doesn't matter. They're tangentially linked now. So I don't like yeah. him being associated with a bad guy. Car, maybe car. car sticks in my voice because that my my head because that's the first Knight Rider I ever saw. But that As had very, to be very one of the last person. seasons of it. How would that be the first Knight Rider? But you was saw? it though? Maybe well, it was. Oh, I have no idea. Actually, yeah. it just seems like that um, would be when they're like grasping at straws, trying to like revamp things and amp things up. Like they would have Car. I feel like the first couple of seasons were just like you know. Michael Knight in his kick-ass car. Yeah, no, Carr first appeared in season one, episode nine. Get the fuck out, really? And then appeared again in season three, episode six. I was just always waiting for Goliath all the time. Yeah. That's when you're watching those reruns again and again. It's like, please give me the giant tractor trailer that cannot yeah. be defeated. And use yeah. your fucking lasers. Come but on. The car was... Well, I just want to point out that season one, episode nine, the title of the episode was Trust Doesn't Rust. 
But I feel like I've told this story before, but hey, it rhymes. I'll tell it again. The uh, This was my first. So here I am. I am in, I want to say second. It was either first or second grade. I could look up when this episode was, although technically it could have been a rerun. So I don't know. I guess I can rule out first grade, but I wouldn't be able to say first or second grade. So wait, no. are, are you telling your car night Rider story right now? Well, should I, I said, should I cross it off the list for next episode? No, because the episode I want to talk about is I want to get into it. Like I want to watch these episodes and do a breakdown of them, so I can keep that there. Then keep it there. All right, but yes, I can't help but tell the story. Go, go, hey! I was stopping you. Here was I was a little a little boy, wanted to be a big boy. And I pretty much <laughs> never had the like like my parents. Uh, being the firstborn, they kind of, you know, tried to keep me flying on the, like, super straight and narrow for a first grader, right? Yeah, how'd that, that work out? That makes any sense. I think it worked out good because I had nothing to compare it to, right? Like, I don't think I ever saw any primetime television on a weeknight, for example. This was my first time. Like, for me... Like watching a little bit of this one evening on the television, which wasn't even cable tell. You had to like tune it in on the little knobs. I just remember being like, wow, there's a world of television. I was always very television centric, but there's this world of television. You know what? I, that I, I don't know anything about, but I saw the beginning of this episode. I should not was, make fun of you because I think I'm pretty much in your same boat. The first primetime television I ever saw was the very first episode of the A-Team. And I mm -hmm. think it happened after the Super Bowl. And I remember just wandering around like, yeah, we're going to we're going to put on the A-Team after the Super Bowl. Now, this is super fucking late now. Right. And I'm like, don't make any sudden movements. Be calm. Just be invisible because this is fucking happening. And we're going to watch the first episode of the A-Team. And Murdoch made this like wall out of toilet paper and they were fighting a bicycle gang or some shit. So, yeah, I think we were kind of on the same page. Yeah, yeah. So this was kind of my experience of that. And, and I remember it. Uh, here's what I remember. I, this sticks in my mind. It was... An, it was like there was like two guys that were kind of like kind of like bad guys, you know, like not like super villain type bad guy, but just kind of like, you know, they were like kind of like the stereotypical bad dude kind of, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I know what bad dudes you are, know, you know? Yeah. And, and they somehow entered into this like this like uh like dark warehouse garage type thing and they're in there that's where bad, bad dudes, dudes hang and out they're kind of scared and then there's the little like red light going back and forth in the dark right and like they're freaked out or something and it's like what's going on i just remember them being freaked out and there was like an implication without showing it that like these guys just got fucked up by whatever this red light was in there like, it was a bad red light. It was badder than those bad dudes. And that was Carr. And that was not Kit. That was Carr. It turned out that was Carr because 
Yeah, like Kit's a nice guy. He's not gonna fuck up these people like that. Yeah, but they're bad guys. Kit would. Yeah, fuck you're them right. Up. I could be all really confused about it, but I feel like it was Carr. Like they had some uh, accidentally in their like stupidity of just trying to do like petty larceny, accidentally awoken the big, big bad, evil version of Kit. I mean, it would be a more compelling story if like Kit and Carr were two halves or two sides of the same coin where they're both fighting bad guys, but Carr does it like more brutally and Kit does yeah. it more humanely. But maybe that's not what was happening. I mean, it could be, to be honest. I don't know any of the details. That's why I kind of want to like. Well, we should suss it out. That's why I want to suss it out. I think it's worth a revisit one day, you know, learning more, watching these episodes featuring the night automated roving robot, a.k.a. Carr. As opposed to the... Night Industries 2000, a.k.a. Kit. Wait, two, two, oh, oh, two starts with a T and thousand starts... Yeah. That's way less compelling. It's a really shitty... Act. Yeah, it's pretty shit. Huh, that's a bummer. Pretty shit. He's Kit's got to feel bad about that. Hmm. So, all right. Should, so we're gonna well, cast, anyway, the, we're gonna well, cast we never, die here. We never closed the loop on John Rambeau, but I guess just to say, I have the fucking screenplay. Uh, and I I bought it at an auction. But what is it? I was like in junior high. I still have it. But what is it? It's the fucking screenplay for what. Rambo 3. And this is the third movie featuring John Rambo. Yes. So this is when he's in like Afghanistan or wherever. Yes. He's in like the desert. Yes. Okay. All right. Um, congratulations. Well, this is pretty cool. Yeah. I, know, I, I have the screenplay. I bought it at an auction. Super cool, man. For all I know, Sly himself like used this on the set. Oh, do you think so? Or it's just a reproduction. I have no fucking clue. Uh, is it signed? Uh, no. Is it weather beaten? No. Hmm. Probably just a printout somebody Probably. made. It's still cool. Probably. Screenplays used to be really hard to come by. Yeah, exactly. Like in any like form. The... Whether yeah, digital, the... printed out, you couldn't get them. This is the late 80s, early 90s I got this. Yeah, it was really hard to find a screenplay you could read. It was like, you know, coveted intellectual property. Nobody wanted to, like, let you in on, like, the inner sanctum of how screenplays worked. It's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> you have the ideas or you don't. Like, what the hell? It's formatting then, basically. You could always reverse engineer the fucking screenplay. I don't know. There was just this moratorium on, like, nobody could share screenplays. Oh, my God. Right. It wasn't until, like, Jesus. I couldn't find them, like, relatively easily until, like, 2005, 2006, even. And it's like, now they're around. And, you and can that just was look just online. Yeah, just online. You could check them out. But yeah, they like a were. library, you can kind of check them out, check them back in. Yeah, and then you, well, it's more like, you know, Microsoft Office when you have a spreadsheet on the, oh, in, okay. in, and you check it out, you know, you do your stuff, and then you check it back in. Gotcha. 
Yeah, you know what it's like. You're you're a website developer, right? Yeah, I do some stuff on the computer from time to time. Yeah, yeah. All right, should we should we generate some random numbers then? All right, let's do it. Let's should we start the episode? Let's record. All right. Wait, shit. I was recording. God damn it. All right, we'll start now though. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> How do we do so this? So this is a, a Gutterballs Rewind. It says Gutterballs Rewind. But we're going to play a little game today. So it's, this is called like Gutterballs Rewind Going Blind. You like that? I just made that up on the spot. Just right, just right now you did just that? Just right now I did it. That's, yeah. that's very nice. That's pretty good. Very good. And there, it's going blind because we don't know what we're going to rewind to yet. We're gonna. I have a little random number generator set up on my desk, and I'm gonna use that to dial in uh, where we're gonna rewind to. All right. Now I was kind of curious if I needed to be involved in the randomization also, because that seems like it would increase the randomization. But well, do you have a way to be involved? Do you have a random number? Do you have a chance cube, perhaps? Um, I didn't bring my die down here and I don't have my book of random words available to me so I didn't do much prep work you know I have a way that I I have the four or five die right right and then I correlate it to words but I don't have it available right now well we'll go so I got us covered for now and that's gonna be enough you think I think it'll be enough all right. I mean, I have a little a little computerized random number generator. Yeah, but you can't trust it, you can't trust that. I wouldn't trust be, it's that. It's random to us. We don't know what the results are going to be. Well, you know what I mean? Yeah, I guess if you don't care about and security at all. And if we're only going to do one, if we're only going to do one, which I don't know how many we're going to do, we're just going to play it by ear. It doesn't even matter how random it is. It's just going to take us somewhere. We just the, the more important thing, less important than the pure randomization is the fact that we don't know where we're going. We're rewinding blind, if you will. It's a blind rewind. I mean, I guess if you're going to shit all over security, it's fine. Yeah, I don't fucking care, man. Okay. All right. So I'm now going to generate a random number between 1 and 118. Granted, this doesn't cover everything. That doesn't some ep- at all. Some episodes... Well, one... Some episodes have two parts. There's also some uh, Gutterballs mailbag episodes. You're but... already inserting your human hubris into it. Yeah, but it's close enough, man. I'll remember this. <laughs> All right. You, you, you do. I do do. It will only be a good memory that will help you one day when you realize. Consistency you just have is to the hot of. I, uh... Yeah. All right. I'm going to I'm going to hit hit it now. Are we ready? What are you hitting exactly? I'm hitting the random number generator. On on an internet web page? No, it's a um it's on my computer. It's in the terminal. I typed a okay. a a command here in the command line. Echo space dollar sign parentheses parentheses dollar sign random Modulo, that's the percentage sign to you, to you and me. 119, parentheses, parentheses. That's going to give me a number between 1 and 118. 118 being the last episode of 
season one. Because episode one is episode one and not episode zero. Yes. Got it. Okay. So here we go. Okay. 13. Oh, that's surprising. So let's see. I know it's a little low. I was kind of surprised too. But you know, that's, hey, that's random. That's random for you. So episode number 13 is You're a Lebowski, I'm a Lebowski. <laughs> right. That's terrific. That's terrific. And there are 106 and a half minutes to this episode. So that's so a, I'm going 107 to, then, right? Well, I'm going to cuz we're going to start at one point. So and the first minute's probably is this the Lebowski stuff. So we're going to get a number between 1 and 106 and that's where we'll start uh, our rewind to. We'll hear about 60 seconds of this episode. I'll look at that 88. So that's like an hour 28 then. Need to make Oops. Right? This is a brilliant idea. I'm so glad I thought of it. All right. Let's hear what we got here. Components. The same bare ingredients, for the most part, that episode one was using. But right. the Matrix did it in a way that, like you said, revolutionized yes. cinema. Like, so I'm used to, like, you know, coming to see episode one with, I'd seen the Matrix previously. And I was like, all right. You know, you should see, you should be able to see this Jedi jump into the spaceship. Like, I just, oh, like, you know, oh, this old uh, shit. I see what we're talking about now. Like, swing on a cable from a helicopter and crash into a glass wall I could talk about this forever. Right, right. We should, yeah. Should... We're talking about, yeah, exactly. Qui-Gon going up into the thing. Yeah. He jumps into the, the Queen Amidala ship. It looks like shit! It looks like fucking shit. It's the worst fucking shot ever. That shit might have flown in, like, Return of the Jedi, maybe just barely. What are you talking about? Absolutely not. This is an editing thing. It's not even, like, the compositing or any of that. No, it's like it's not the compositing. It's the storytelling. It's the- like, yes. how does he get from the ground up into the thing and they just fucking cheaped out? Yeah, well, I guess that's my point is, they're, it, when I say could look and return on a Jedi is because no one would expect you to actually be able to see a Jedi jump from the sand up into a spaceship. You right? Know, like, they do a lot of, like, it's more like, oh, your imagination fills in the gaps, right? That was like a style of sci-fi special effecting from an that that I think you know died or you know sh- granted probably shortly before episode 1 came out but you are talking about tried and true filmmaking techniques where you know you fake things but it works you know yes. remember this clip yeah, okay, I, I, okay. I, I, remember this clip I don't know if you sent it to me or I sent it to you or whatever but it's like you're looking down a hallway there's a door and a little child is running at you and it runs at you like creepily fast and then it disappears beneath the bottom of the frame and then this like naked monster man comes up do you remember this 
I think I do, but I can't quite. It, it, it happens so quick. It's like, da, 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 and then Monster Man is there. Right. And it's such an easy trick of like, okay, the kid just runs underneath the camera, and then there's the Monster Man has been like hiding right. just beneath the frame line the whole time, and yet it works so effectively it like makes you want to shit your pants. Yeah. That's the kind of shit they were doing in Return of the Jedi. And in fucking Phantom Menace, when Qui-Gon goes and he, you know, hunches down on his knees and then goes, like, I'm going to jump up now. And then the next shot is like, oh, I'm landing in the little runway area of the ship. It's just a cop out. Yes. Like they didn't even fucking try. It's like, like no, the two pieces don't match. Everything's green screen. We'll figure it out in post. It's the classic right. example of that. And they and never like, figured it out. They didn't. And they're like, when oh, they fuck, edited it, we didn't they shoot had a, shit. <laughs> yeah. They had a little like gap, like a one second gap in, the, in yeah. the timeline when they're editing it. Like, oh, like, yeah, we fill in something there. This could have been a fucking close-up of Qui-Gon against the green screen, like, with his fist in the air, all Superman or something, right. kind of twisting around. That's all you would have needed just to bridge that one-second gap. And it's like, oh, fuck. We didn't do it. Eh, fuck it. <laughs> he's on the ground. Now he's in the ship. What's the worst that could happen? Well, everybody hates your fucking movie now. Yeah. <laughs> that, I mean, everyone already... At that point, I think they're just like, every this movie, who the fuck cares? I don't know, man. I still remember that particular shot yeah. being like, no, you're not even trying. No, I, I agree with that. I guess what I'm saying is the editors, the whoever, the producer, they're just like, God, I don't fucking care anymore. <laughs> just right. fucking... Well, I think it's actually delete that gap and put it out there. It's kind of a bold choice, you know, if you think about it from a um, from a point of view of um, you know storytelling. Um, we're making you know a lot of brave decisions here, and um, yeah, K. George. Yeah. Shit. It's just so multifaceted. I hate shitting all over George. There's so much happening. George yeah. has given us so much joy. You know, he's won he so many Oscars. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> nope. No Oscars. <laughs> no Oscars? No. No Oscars. And the Oscar goes to... <laughs> Woody Allen. <laughs> Annie Hall. Uh, thank you for doing this. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, I don't know. Speaking <laughs> about rewinding gutter balls, <laughs> I was listening to episode one today. Way out west? Yeah. And even in episode one, we were talking about 60 frames per second and what the fuck is up with that. Yeah, 2012, right? Even in episode one. Yeah. We're still fucking talking about it now in whatever episode this is, 170, whatever. Wait, did we talk about 60 frames per second in this episode we're recording right now? I'm talking about it right now. You are right now? I just right brought now? it up. Just what? brought it up. You mean re- in the last, like, 15 seconds we're talking yes. about it? Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. 
But, you know, it still looms large in our minds every single day. I mm, just can't get over it. You know, I am confronted with 59.97 footage occasionally. For the shit that I do mostly, that I have to edit together, Mm -hmm. I don't notice any difference between that and like 2997 or we usually shoot at 23976 and like when i look at the footage nothing now this stuff is like doc style it's just mm. you know it's just understood to be video it's basically yeah. training videos but i don't notice any difference between the 60 frames and the 24 or 30 frames at all i definitely notice a difference between 24 frames in my experience and what i so again i'm not using any kind of great fancy camera right i'm using a crop sensor uh mirrorless still camera when i did this many years ago but i record at 60 frames Yes, like if you're actually recording video and expect it to look like video and it's at 60 frames, it looks fucking amazing, I think. But strangely, if I go to 24 frames, it looks it looks like film. I don't know. How up on like 60 frame movie making have you been in the last couple of years? That's true. Not really anywhere. Is it possible that there's been movies you've seen that have shot high frame rate and you didn't fucking notice? I don't think they would have been shown high frame rate. Oh, they weren't. But maybe. You're saying they weren't shown high frame rate then. too. So that's like a critical part of the process then. Oh, of course. Not just shooting high frame rate. So I, you know what? So I have some, of course you're right. I have some high frame rate shit. And now I have to interpret the footage as, you know, 2997 or 2396 just to make it play back right. Because it's all slow motion, basically, when I put it into the mm-hmm. timeline that's whatever. But I wonder, like, if I did a 10 second test of, like, Here's high frame rate. It's 59.97. And I'll do a 10 second test of that. And then I'll put the 59.97 in a 23.976 timeline. Export that same 10 seconds. And I wonder if we could notice any difference. It's worth a shot. My one experience, if we're going to talk about this video look stuff, is again, move to a new house. You get a new house. What do you got to do? You got to buy a new TV. Yeah, of course. So I upgraded my 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 TV. I have a uh, sixty five inch, you know, modern TV, four K, all the shit that goes in it. You know, mm-hmm. all the apps you can just YouTube all it the up apps on there, and, Netflix, you know, it. high, you know, weird, all kinds of color, you know, and dynamic range, and it. You know, adjusts the black you really level gotta for dr- how dark your room is with ambience, you know, all that kind of shit. You really got to drill down in there and turn all that shit off. Yes, which I've done, although it's still... Still fucked. It's not fucked. That's not what I'm going to get to. All right. It looks great. 
and especially like watching a movie, it looks fine. But watching some things like TV shows, like like CW te- television shows, they look like watching the same show. I used to watch an old team watching it. Like, yes, I'm watching it. It definitely looks like like you. Hmm. I mean, you know how something it can be shot digitally, but like it doesn't matter. It's cinematic. Right. It doesn't like, matter. You can't tell. Yes, you'd have to get a microscope out or something and try to like guess it if is this film or digital. Even right? then, you would have to have a lot of experience and knowledge to be able to look at those like edges of pixels and shit and be like, this one was shot digital and this one was shot like yes. Yeah, if you're just watching it. You never fucking know. Yes. But whatever the quality is on, like, these shows, and it could be the way they're, like, you know, processing the digital files yes, now. It's a that... new aesthetic. It's like, it looks like, it definitely does not look anything like film, but it does not look crappy. It looks, for the first time I'll say, it's almost, like, better than film. It's like, it's a vi- it looks like video, but it's better. This, like this it's t- better t- than the cinematic film look. Like, and it's so fucking detailed. What TV like, show are you talking about? I don't know what to say, man. Just say it. It's Nobody's... a CW show. It isn't that. And again, Just I think show? it's a combination. What of show? Supergirl. All right, fine. Why are you embarrassed about that? I don't I'm give a shit. Embarrassed. A little embarrassed about it. Who cares? I watch I w- Supergirl. I watch Flash. Don't watch Arrow. Don't watch Legends, although I'd probably like to watch Legends. All right, so you're saying Supergirl looks better on this new TV in your new home than it did in your old home with your old TV. Well, I mean, it's a newer television, so I guess it would look better. But I guess the aesthetic of Not it is somehow different. Uh, like, yeah, I guess you're right. I don't, you're I don't right. notice a lot of that. Because sometimes new televisions even look crappier yeah, sometimes because they have yeah. all that shit turned on. Right. And maybe th- this is because it has shit turned on, like high dynamic range or something. So you haven't gone and fucked with all that shit and turned it all off I did. F- I, I think I did. It's right? hard but to I'll find say it this. all. It's hard to find it all. And there's a lot of insane settings that make no fucking sense. Yeah. Huh. It's like it's literally like a Monty Python sketch when you go in there. But, like, but it's, what the fuck is this? But but it's not ruining the image. For it's you. not. It's it's amazing. I love it. And Watching Supergirl like this is like, oh my god! Like okay. I'm just like I just I don't care what's happening on the screen. I just want to watch these images. Just soak in the images. Yeah. Now are you and watching colors. it via Netflix? Via like, I am ha- watching it via Netflix. Is it 4K? Well, that's what I thought at first. I was like, is that because this is 4K? And I went, and I and at first I couldn't tell. Like, I couldn't find any way to say Because it's a 4K set, and it's the Netflix. I'm using the Netflix app that's built into the television. Sure. So it should be able to do 4K, I would imagine. If the show is released in 4K. The show is released 4K. But eventually, you know, drilling down in Netflix, like, it says... Yeah, I guess I don't know. It God, that's HD. a pregnant pause. <laughs> Well, I thought it definitely was not 4K, but now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know. If, like, it, what says, would it, if say? it says HD, it's not 4K. Yeah, it would just say it would, it would say 4K or UHD. Yeah, or it would say it would UHD say or whatever bullshit. So here, yeah. here. So, but that's what it says on Netflix, not on my television saying this is the signal I'm showing you. It's just like on Netflix, like the, the little icon next to the title of the show. You know, it says like 5.1 4K right. closed caption, right? It's five. Yeah. It says oh my like, god! You know, holy shit! Take a breath. There's. Woo-hoo! Oh my god. 
there's a lot that goes into this. There's a whole pipeline that happens here, right? They shoot it one way. They edit it one way. Yeah. They export it another way. Netflix gets it. They might do shit to it. Now they put it on their servers. Who the fuck knows what happens there? Your TV yeah. gets it. It's a 4K TV. It might do some processing to up-res right. or down-res, depending on what's that, going I, on. Let me yes. finish! Yes, I assume it's up-resing. Continue. You have a 4K TV. If, if all things being equal, in that pipeline, in that workflow up to that point, and now Netflix is delivering you a 1080 picture, and it's upscaling it, up-resing it to 4K... Think about that little softness that we like about film, where the yeah. edges aren't quite perfect, right? Mm-hmm. And it's up-resing 1080. It's scaling it 300% now, essentially, or 200%, I guess, right? Right, And it's softening. At, like, you won't really notice a degradation in quality necessarily because they've got their little algorithms and their little things that make it nice. It's not just like putting it in your nonlinear editor and scaling it up. Like right. they take into account all the shit and they process all the things, but still like the little edges are softer. So maybe yeah. that's mimicking a little bit of that film look right. that way. So you're getting all of the, like a lot of this amazing kind of dynamic and 4K and color and stuff, but right. also it's a little taking the edge off it a little bit yeah. and not make it so garish. And that's why it looks so fucking perfect to me. Maybe so. Maybe so. Could also be I was just high as fuck. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that could be. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit! But uh, I don't know why you're embarrassed about watching Supergirl. Who gives a fuck what anybody yeah, watches? That's true. I was that's like true. totally enamored with Gossip Girl for like five years. Yeah, I'm not embarrassed by it. Good shit, Chuck Bass for the win. So, have you ever listened to Sergeant Pepper's in mono? <laughs> like, there's some differences in there. Um. No, but I have listened to Let It Be, the remastered version, after you said it might be your favorite oh, yeah. Beatles Let album. Oh, yeah, Let It Be Naked. And that is pretty fucking good. Yeah, it's really good. Pretty Some good shit right fucking there. Fucking good. And after spending the last 20 years aggressively ignoring the beta band because of its reference in the movie High Fidelity... I finally started listening to them. I don't remember how this came up. Hmm. And they're pretty fucking good. I like them. I'm not, I have no familiarity with what you're talking about. I've never seen High Fidelity, and I don't know the beta band. Don't need to see High Fidelity, but it's about a record store and snobby record store people. Right. And they're like, I'm going to sell five copies. And it might not even be the beta band. I might be getting the reference wrong, but I always thought it was the beta band. And so I never listened to the beta band, but they're pretty good. I like them. Good shit. Good shit. Good shit. Speaking of which, everybody go listen to the Peripherals album. Stru- oh, shit. Yeah, let's give a shout out. Structured Play. You can find it on Bandcamp, theperipheral.bandcamp.com. Yeah, check that out. Good shit. It's some It's some good shit. Yep. Uh, yeah, if you want to get lost in like 
digital esoterica, this is your jam. Yeah, it's definitely been my jam since it came out a couple days ago. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt. Yep. Yeah, it's a a friend of the the pod. Yes, he's. That's he, right. He, he has appeared. been on this fucking show. That's right. I he's uh that. he 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 won some Ritz crackers. <laughs> right. We got that man some Ritz crackers. Yeah. Although we didn't. I did buy well, Ritz crackers to send spiritual out. Ritz crackers. Yeah, but I actually bought Ritz crackers. So there you go. I'm not the only one not sending shit out. Yeah, but I, I don't think it makes I, me feel a little. Better. Did I promise you, it to them? Though? You probably didn't promise it. All right, fine. <laughs> I'm not sure if I. Maybe I did, but I don't know. I mean, there's been multiple promises over the yeah. years of the 2D art. I mean, this was going to be something I did, like, just to make myself feel better. as like an extra thing. Not like, yes, everyone, you will get it. Lay it on me. Anyway, the peripheral structure play. Also, Chris Carithers has not been on this show, I guess. But his nope. album is being released on actual physical media. Very soon. This week, perhaps. I'm not even sure. Wow. We we have a URL or anything for that? Uh, well. Maybe we'll get back to that next week. We can do a full-fledged. Uh, yeah, we should give it its, its ad due. Placement. We should give it its due. Uh, one shout out at a time, probably. Yeah. Well. That might, that might about wrap her up. Guess so. It's ChristopherRithers.com, but we'll dive deeper into that. We'll dive deeper next time. Yeah. But we can put that we could still put a link in the show notes, maybe, if I remember. Yeah, we'll see. You know. And if the website works. You know, <laughs> the jury's still out on that, I guess. I'm pretty sure it works. Yeah, but we haven't posted an episode in yeah. six months. So we, we, once we post an episode, we'll know for sure. Right. If we don't post it, it might not work. If we do post it, fuck it worked. Fuck it works. That's it's that simple. It's that simple. All right, bye bye. Boy, better balls. Re-